0: Oh, hello, I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means.
1: The Long Box Guy's gonna do tonight,
2: Brain.
0: The same thing the Long Box Guys do every night, Pinky.
3: Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes.
4: Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Long Box Guys. With me is every week or so of my very best friend since I was a very little kid, Mikey. How are you doing? What are you drinking?
3: I am doing excellent, Thomas, and I am drinking some Eagle Rare Bourbon. And how are you doing? What are you drinking?
4: Thank you for asking. I'm drinking some Bushmills. I bought myself a big old bottle. It's almost my birthday. And uh, I like
1: Bushmills. It is tasty. Tommy, what are you drinking over there, buddy? I am drinking some great King Street Scotch by Compass Box, and it is delicious.
4: Stacy, I think I know the answer to this one, but what are you drinking over there, pal?
2: I'm drinking water. Water over Frankenstein, mug? In my cup of Frankenstein. <laughs>
4: And then, Josh, uh, what what do you got over there today, pal?
2: Uh,
0: I have a double IPA called Radiant from my favorite treehouse, made with orange blossoms and honey.
4: Josh, you never disappoint me. I was really hoping you'd have a beer that would help me do an easy tie-in. Radiant, like energy? Like energy manipulation? Like something that our good friend Monica Rambeau is totally adept at doing. Today, we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel, uh, also known as Photon, the character Monica Rambeau from uh, the uh, WandaVision series. This character actually goes back uh, quite a long time, and a lot of us were super excited to see her show up in Captain Marvel movie, of course. Uh, Who wants to talk a little bit about the history of Captain Marvel 5?
3: She's not Captain Marvel 5. I guess she would be Captain Marvel
4: 4. 4? Okay, tell me why, Mikey. Let's go through them.
3: Billy Batson is the first Captain Marvel the second Captain Marvel is the weird dude who could detach his limbs. Mm-hmm. The third one would be Captain Marvell uh, mm-hmm. from the Cree. And then she would be the fourth one because they wanted to make sure that DC did not get the rights back to that name. So
4: Wasn't Carol Danvers Captain Marvel first, and then Monica Rambeau was Captain Marvel?
3: No. Yeah. No, Harold Danvers didn't become Captain Marvel until 2014 or 2016. Really? Yes. Yeah. She was Ms.
2: Well, Marvel.
3: She yes, was Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. Yeah, so well, the the oh, name that's
4: right. she was Ms. Marvel, I remember now.
3: Yeah, so the name Captain Marvel goes all the way back to the 1940s uh, with Shazam, right? And because DC had got into a lengthy dispute with Fawcett Comics. Fawcett Comics eventually decided it wasn't worth printing the comics and fighting DC, so they kind of let their trademark go. Uh, When Marvel Comics decided, oh, we're going to have Captain Marvel, they had that series, and when DC bought the rights to Captain Marvel back, Shazam, they could not produce a comic book Titled Captain Marvel But they could still call him Captain Marvel In the comic books So Marvel killed Captain Marvel In a very famous storyline And in 1982 The editors were like Oh shit If we don't get another Captain Marvel In our comics We are going to be screwed Because DC is going to reclaim the rights So they created Monica Rambeau back in 1982 First appearing in uh, Spider-Man, I believe. Amazing Spider-Man or a team-up of some sort, right? Uh,
1: Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing
3: What's Spider-Man, annual 16. That one. All right, cool. Yeah, so she first appears there, then later has her very own comic book, which was only one issue because they just needed to maintain the rights to the name and goes on to become a – and. Uh, a major player in the Avengers, kind of, throughout the uh, mid nineteen eighties up until uh, it uh, got they got disassembled.
0: No disassembled. Twenty <laughs> five <if I'm>
3: alive. <laughs> so I guess I'll continue then. Uh, although Stacy was the last <laughs> one to put her uh, her finger on the nose, but uh... <laughs> I can talk
2: about Monica.
3: Yeah, please know. do that.
2: So yeah, so she was part of the Avengers, and then she, uh, well, the book that I read, uh, she was in a group called Next Wave, um, which was uh, You're really one the fun. I read that. <laughs> I was and I enjoyed it. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, yeah, uh, Marvel Divas, which just sounds like. Uh, Subsidiary of the WWE (laughs) uh, with superheroes. (laughs) Um, She was in a group called the Ultimates. Yeah, I mean, I I I really enjoy Monica. I think uh, I think she's super cool. Um, She keeps having to give her name away (laughs) because she (laughs) she was Captain Marvel and then she was Photon and then. is it Janice Bell? He was. He said, "Is like, Well, I want that name." So then she had to become Pulsar. So, yeah, I don't know. Like that, I don't know what that's about. Like, I don't know why she didn't just say, "Hey, I want that name, and I'm keeping it."
4: <laughs> Power Man had to fight a guy for his name.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, when you she want first. She didn't name herself Captain Marvel. It was the press that no. named her Captain Marvel, and then she found right. out that there was a Captain Marvel, and the thing was like, he ain't using it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even spell it right. So he's like, I'm sure there's some other th- person out there that goes by the name of the Thing. I don't care. Okay. Knock your socks off, lady. <laughs> I love Ben Grimm.
2: Who doesn't? He's great. Damn right.
3: So she, what kind of power does she have, LT? Oh.
2: So she
1: can change into energy. So she can change into X-ray. She can change into gamma energy. She can change into electricity. She can change into light. She can change it into all different forms of energy. So she's kind <laughs> of a powerful... Yes, Tom, when she hits you, she can turn into kinetic energy. <laughs> <laughs> Slap! What <laughs> the fuck? she, she face. bitch slaps your face, it's kinetic energy, Tom. Yeah. So, so she is faster than Quakesilver uh, when she turns into light. And, uh, you know, she's a very powerful being because while well, she can send a jolt through you, uh, And, you know, she can fly because she's light. She can do all sorts of things in in that way. Um, So she becomes a very, very useful being for the Avengers because she can scout ahead. She can go through walls. She can do a lot of scouting. She can, you know, be anywhere basically in very quick time. So she's a very useful plot device. I think well, She also has
4: intangibility, invisibility, uh, yeah. energy absorption, which is a uh, pretty cool power if you're being blasted. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, hypercosmic awareness, which allows her to, while in light form, still have normal senses. And one that I didn't know is she has an eidetic uh, memory, which means it's better even than photographic memory. She can remember pretty much every detail uh, given to her in any situation that she's been through. I didn't know
3: she had that power. Did
2: you
4: guys know she had that one? No. No. Who Mar- Mar- Marvel uh-huh. discovered uh, that she had
3: that power? Yeah, that was probably in The Ultimates. Uh, Ultimates was a very good series, uh, if anybody has checked that out. That would be the only series I would recommend. So, But I didn't I liked read Next her Wave. It's origin
1: so. story. I really liked her origin story, though. So, like, a lot of superhero origins in the Marvel Universe are kind of accidents or they just happen. So, like, with the mutants, they just happened and through adolescence. You know, they were born mutants, and then, then they just happened. With Spider-Man, it was an accident. You know, but with Monica Rambeau, she was being a hero and led to her becoming a superhero. So she was helping a friend of her father's who had developed a device that he found out was going to be a weapon. That weapon was activated by the villain's And she was going to destroy that weapon, which was an interdimensional device that uh, was going to destroy billions of people. And she was bashing apart that weapon. And that is when she was given her superpowers. So I found that to be a very compelling story.
3: And it's kind of similar to um, the way Ms. Marvel got her powers with a. A an accident of an exploding weapon. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting that she has been in both Marvel's cinematic universe and now in their television universe, and uh, they've the go, yeah. they've connected her to characters that she's not normally associated with. Although she did adventure with Scarlet Witch and. Vision in the Avengers, but wasn't, you know, a main character in their storylines. Although- well, she's
4: such a good character. I'm not surprised that they decided to uh, get her into the, 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 the front a little bit. They, they, Marvel has a pretty good track record of taking characters that aren't, um, you know, their main characters, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, and really doing something fun and different with them just because, uh, people are coming uh, with kind of a tabula rasa uh, to the character, at least people that aren't geeks like us. And uh, I'm not surprised that she's doing so well.
3: See, I never thought she was very interesting in the comic books. Uh, when she was in, first got on as Avenger, she was just new and trying to learn her powers. But she didn't have a lot of personality. I didn't find that she had a lot of personality at all in the comics until really the Ultimates. Was the first time I read something that I thought, "Oh, okay, they're actually developing a personality." I think she's a better-formed character in uh, the MCU than she is in the actual comic books.
4: That's actually part of my point. Uh, like they, they're they're really good at taking characters that uh, don't aren't completely fleshed out in the comic book world and in the MCU universe, doing more with them because I think people are just more accepting. Uh, to let that character grow beyond what they know in the comic books. That's just something I thought of.
3: Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you if you read the the first appearance of her, it's kind of sad because in that first appearance, um, you know, Spider Man is kind of. Uh, looking at her being like, oh, wow, she is really strikingly beautiful. Wait, why is my spider sense going off? And he tails her because she's headed into a horrible part of town and he thinks he's got to save her. And yet she immediately is fighting off thugs without using her powers initially on her own, showing that she's a badass. Um, And yet they don't really... Sort of develop that in the Marvel Universe instead, like when she's an Avenger, she's just always using her powers, she's not really using her fighting skill too much in terms of hand to hand combat. She's just always using her abilities as Captain Marvel and not really going into this whole badass abilities without her powers, you know, because she was, you know, on the Harbor Masters of. New Orleans and knew how to handle herself and was a strong feminine woman who could take care of herself. And yet they don't really go into that development at all in the Avengers. Yeah.
3: She was a, she was part of the Harbor police and they never talk about her ever doing any kind of investigating or anything like that. So they take, they take her, they just kind of give her a backstory and the the extent of the backstory is in the, the Avengers run in the eighties. Is her just saying, "Oh, I got to go back to New Orleans"? Like that's yeah. that's pretty much her entire character. She was, uh, I mean, she appears in Marvel's Secret Wars. Does she, what does like, she do?
4: Like, her orders came in. <laughs> that's all. She
1: quit her job. She, she quit, her quit her job, job she was, when she joined the Avengers. She yeah. she
4: made a transfer. She was waiting for the transfer paperwork to come in, and the Avengers like. Go TDY with us for a
1: while, and she's like, "All right, I got nothing else on my
3: plate." Yeah. Mikey, this, this is easy. Do you get? I, I had to go back and look, and I was like, I vaguely remember her being part of the Secret Wars, but I, I had actually had to go back and look at some back issues to make sure I was right that she was part of Secret Wars because she, she played such an insignificant role in Secret Wars.
0: See that? See that's the weird thing, Mike. So the only thing I could really remember her from was Secret Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I should reread Secret Wars. And I, for some reason in my brain, I was like, she did some major thing in the Secret Wars, and now that's why I remember her. And then I read it again, and I'm like, oh, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
4: I, mean, I got you one better. The thing that I remember – I mentioned this on the show before. The thing I remember was from the West Coast Avengers – during a West Coast Avengers Avengers softball game. Uh, They're playing softball. Their annual crossovers, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, Hercules hits a a line drive, and everyone's like, oh, no, Captain Marvel's going to be killed. And she turns in the light, backs up a little bit, catches the ball, flies in and and gets him out. And um, uh, I remember that because everyone was worried that this pretty girl playing softball without a mitt on was about to get crushed, and, like, she saw the whole thing happening in slow motion, of course, because she has her hypersense, and she turned to light. And she was in no danger whatsoever, but people were pretty coddling uh, towards her. And,
0: uh, yeah. And that's, One of the things I never see them doing with her is exactly that, right? So if she's able to move at the speed of the light, her perception has to be so heightened, right, that everything – she's essentially a speedster, except in light form.
4: Yeah, but only when she's in life form is what I've been thinking about, because we all know that quicksilver analogy about what his life is like and she doesn't seem to be living her life like that.
0: No, no, right. So but when she turns into light, like they never they never show her doing stuff like that. They show her like scouting stuff out or are covering vast differences but they're not like oh i turn to the light the whole world pauses and i can just sort of like walk around and do what i want till everybody catches up they never really do that
3: with her and they never show her being vast differences uh, (laughs) and they never show her being absorbed by somebody who's just uh, sees her yeah Yeah. it's true yeah yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: oh imagine if the absorbing man uh
0: absorbed her or she was just defeated by a solar panel? A well, regular old solar panel? She was uh,
3: almost killed, actually. Uh, right. uh, at one point, she was trying to um, defuse something, and she ended up hitting the ocean uh, uh, as a beam of light. Yeah, and she got defused. She got defused and almost died, and she was at, without her powers for uh, a while. I, remember I can't I remember notice. why, but I, I remember that she she had to quit being an Avenger. That's why she ended up stopping. But again, I do remember in, a, do with her.
0: in Secret Wars, Molecule Man makes a impenetrable force field. I just used finger quotes for the people who can't see me, which is everyone, but everyone who's here. So I made finger quotes. It's impenetrable, but everyone could see through it. she's like, oh, but you let visible light through, and she just steps through it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> So fooled uh, you. I want to get into the next wave because I haven't heard anything about that.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
3: talk to us, Stacy. Okay.
2: okay, so next wave. Um, next wave is a group of people that includes Elsa Bloodstone, uh, Boom Boom. Oh yeah. A, oh yeah. A character only known as the Captain. And Machine Man, who we've we've talked about uh, fairly recently. Um, Yeah, so they are a part of the uh, organization called HATE, which is an anti-terrorist organization. Um, And they end up branching off of them, kind of Uh, going to Get it
4: right. They're the highest anti-terrorism effort.
2: Thank you. The Eight. highest anti-terrorism effort.
3: No, you need to read it a lot.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they... Are, well, the organization is run by uh, Dirk Anger. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you, <laughs> know, if you don't know who's running the organization. Don't fucking make shit out. Uh,
2: yeah, so... Uh, he's... Uh, he. Well, throughout the book, he's talking about how he's 90 years old and he's... They've been keeping him alive, and then he's, like, always trying to kill himself. <laughs> uh, I don't know, because he's old or he's angry or he's weird. I, anyway, so, um, anyway, so Monica and the rest of Next Wave ends up branching off from hate because they don't agree with some of the things that are happening, and they find out that they're being—they end up fighting this corporation called Beyond, and— uh, Yeah, so they're testing all these weapons, and uh, their weapons are things like Fin Fang Foom, and um, Mindless Ones, and (laughs) all kinds of crazy shit. And then, uh, yeah, so then in the last issue, you learn the ultimate Uh, villain—I'm spoiling it for anybody who hasn't read it—is Devil Dinosaur, who Uh just wants humanity to be gone because everything was better— he wants to bring everything back to Jurassic values, his words. And he's in an ascot, and it's amazing.
3: Oh my god, that sounds like he's channeling Doctor Dinosaur. Is he using? Yeah. Is he using crystals?
2: No, <laughs> oh, no. He has he has a he has a pistol in one hand, one tiny hand, and a, a glass of champagne in the other.
0: And I mean, he, you're really and, shooting from the hip because you can't really sight yeah, yeah, really so, that thing can't out, really, so. Yeah,
2: there's not a whole lot of aiming there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of dumb, but it was a lot of fun. And, like, there's a whole gag in the Mindless Ones issue where they're wearing... Like, the Mindless Ones are called forth, and they're just walking around, and by the, by the end they're in like one and a half issues and by the end of their first where they first appear um, this one picks up a hat and then there's a bunch of them on skateboards and then by the next issue like they're in they're running restaurants it's like fucking gremlins like it's just (laughs) such a stupid gag Um, but yeah there's there's a lot of good dialogue Uh, there's there's one point where uh, they end up so the company ends up constructing this uh three groups of superheroes and one of them was inspired by uh what's he called Master Nun. Um he so he's been reading not brand ech comics. So he creates like these parody like basically the parody Avengers including Fourbush Man <laughs> Um. Yeah. So it's it's just it's it's pure Warren Ellis, and it's silly, and I, I had a good time. I mean, uh, Monica Monica is in it. She is the leader of, of uh, Next Wave.
3: Did you say uh, Warren Ellis wrote this?
2: He did. Yeah. Wow. I got to check this <laughs> <I guess. laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah. It's Warren Ellis. Um. So yeah. It's it's just. It's silly. It's silly superhero satire, and uh, I enjoyed every every issue of it. Uh, What
4: was that one called? That was called Next Wave.
2: Next Wave: Agents of Hate. I'm I'm definitely reading this one. Yeah, it's from uh, 2006. I I was not aware of it. I was having a conversation with my friend Brandon, um, and he we were talking about. we just finished watching WandaVision and we were talking about Monica and I had completely forgotten what we were doing this week. I'll just admit. <laughs> and he said something about Monica and I was like, oh, I know what we're doing this week. And so, um, I said, you know, do you have any recommendations for what I should read? Cause he's, he's got a vast comics knowledge as well. And, um, so he said, hang on, I'll be right back. And he brought me those next wave issues. So, yeah, that's fun. Oh, all right,
4: you got way more into that than I would have been able to, so thank you very much. <laughs>
2: thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I
4: had no idea the next way was a blind spot for me totally. Anybody else?
2: Yeah. So I will say, I just want to say one more thing. So if you need any motivation to read this, I will say uh, one thing, and I hope this gets you to read it. Uh, Modoc Elvis. No. You had me a dinosaur
4: champagne. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know,
3: right? But uh, yeah, Modok Elvis. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah, that's that sounds much better than the issue I read because I wanted to see if I was right. Other than the Marvel Secret Wars, so I picked up uh, an Avengers two thirty three, which is a crossover uh, where uh, Annihilus has come and taken over the Baxter building, and he has put erected a force field. And I thought it was the only thing I really enjoyed about it as far as Captain Marvel, Photon, Spectrum, whatever you want to call her, goes. Monica goes, is she was trying to get through that force field, and it just reminded me of WandaVision. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right, I get it. That's kind of neat. I don't know if the writers had actually read issue 233 of The Avengers and was like, you know, it would be really cool if we force her to go through a, this really hard, impenetrable barrier. That's like right. yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Um. All right. So I think uh, some people, the first uh, time they – Uh, you ever came across this character was in the movies. Uh, My wife certainly was. And uh, she liked the character right off the bat. And she's enjoying WandaVision and the new character. So it's good for people who haven't read the comic book. It's good for people who have read the comic book. So I think you're doing a pretty good job on that one. It's great being married to uh, my wife for many, many reasons. One is being married to someone who's not a comic book fan, but likes the Marvel movies. I get to kind of experience a little bit what she's experiencing for the first time. She hadn't ever read even a Spider-Man comic book, so all the Spider-Man movies were totally new to her. So I was so excited to see if these things sucked as much as they did, these fresh eyes. And thank goodness they did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, it's not just me wanting Peter Parker to be exactly what I want him to be. Because of the years and years and years i spent reading them, you think it sucks too. And you think the Green Goblin looks like he should be fighting Power Rangers. Excellent. Excellent. And it should just be William Defoe with just a slight green tinge. uh tinge. Like just a green light like cast upon him would have been a better Green Goblin than anything Me, else.
0: Willem Defoe.
4: What did I say?
3: Bill Bell Defoe.
0: You, so much... you said Willem Defoe Willem Defoe with a green tinge, and I just said Willem Defoe. Yeah, Yeah. same, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, same, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> action, I would
4: have been funny if I said no. Bill Defoe. DeVoe, I would have loved that. That like guys. have been awesome,
0: if you're like, and Bill Defoe DeVoe with a green tinge, and I would have been like, yeah. And yeah. Then, uh, One trench coat, and the giant.
4: <laughs> Guess who's back, Papa?
2: <laughs> 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 I'm afraid no, if he had, had a green tinge to him, though. I'm afraid if Willem DeVoe had a green tinge to him, he'd just look like a gremlin.
3: Yeah. that's fine
2: like Wix from uh, from Legend yeah. yeah
0: that's just him that yeah, was actually go. with no makeup on
2: was he, terrifying. was he the one in Boondock Saints yes yeah okay so yeah he does look like a gremlin <laughs>
4: <Yes. laughs> Uh any last words on our good friend Monica Rambeau kind of wish her last name wasn't Rambo. Because they keep saying Rambo.
0: Well, if they give her a bow with explosive tips, I'm all in.
4: Yeah. <laughs> God damn right. I know you can manipulate any sort of energy in the world, but take this crossbow.
0: Take this bow and hide <laughs> yourself in some mud and ambush some backwards, Sheriff. A
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, fun Alex.
0: the excellent book.
3: Uh, one fun Alex fact. Can you guys tell me who uh, they based these? the artist based her on?
0: Uh, I just I did read this in my research for the show and, of course, I do not remember. Uh, it's
4: early 80s. Early 80s, I'm going to say um, uh, um, she was in uh, Corner the Destroyer.
3: Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. That, that was my guess. That's a good one. Grace Jones. Grace Jones, thank you.
3: Foxy uh, Brown herself. Pam Greer.
0: Foxy Brown, yeah.
4: Pam Greer. Love me some Pam Greer. I have met Pam Greer three separate occasions. The third occasion, she goes, baby, I remember you. You'll do Cage. <laughs> I'm like, God damn right I am. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> it's true. It is. I, I was Luke Cage the first two times I met her. The third time I was—I think it was Batroc the Leaper—but I took my mask off, and it's like, "I know you, baby." Ah, nice when they're nice. All right. Any last words on our good friend Monica Rambeau? I think I said that
0: already. Glad they All brought right. her into the MCU. She deserved uh, a little extra.
4: Yeah, yeah, a good yeah. character. I'm, I, you know, I—I I feel like I'm being reintroduced to the character, and I feel like I like this character. Uh, more than I liked her. It's just more interesting than when I first met her.
0: Yeah, quick poll. Though, clearly they're not going to call her Captain Marvel. What do you think? Which of her s- multiple names do you think they're going to go Photon. Spectrum. Go photon yeah, spectrum, or, or post- my guess. spectrum.
3: Yeah, or, Spectrum or, because that's her current name.
0: That's the most recent,
4: yeah. yeah. I, think it, I think name? Photon just because it's on her helmet. Because when she was an Air Force pilot, she was Photon.
3: No that was, that her, was her mom. That
4: was her mom. That was her mom. That was hers also though afterwards she inherited it. I could be wrong. I she could be, be wrong. I could be I could be Thank projecting you. that
0: 100%. At light speed under at light speed, a helicopter That's what it's going to be. Next question.
4: <laughs> Next question is easy, Mikey. What do you got at the front of the long box, my friend?
3: At the front of the long box, Marvel, you have fucked me again. <laughs> I don't know uh, this that should be the name of my section but that's what i was thinking uh, this is kind of a reverse because i was collecting a bunch of x-men titles and then x of or ten of swords came out and it was a When I saw the first issue, I picked it up, and I'm like, oh, Jonathan Hickman's writing another X-Men series. I'm already collecting New Mutants and X-Men. This will be great. And I walked over, and I was like, I'd like to buy that. That's one of 24. Are they going to come out every week? And he's like, no, it's taking over every one of the X-Men comics uh, for the next several months. And I'm like, they're going to make me fucking buy a bunch of shit that I don't want – that I don't collect? God damn it, Marvel. Not doing it. I canceled all of my fucking Marvel stuff. I'm like, nope, done. I'm out. Well, I got a big box of comics. I got to catch up on reading. So I was like, oh, well, I'll read The New Mutants. It is so fucking enjoyable. God damn it, Jonathan Hickman. I read the – I started reading it Sunday morning, and I plowed through the first nine issues, and I was like – no, now I'm going to have to go by the goddamn back issues because I love this series. Jonathan Hickman is a joy to read normally, but he especially loves the new mutants. I don't know why, but if you read his secret wars that he had that spanned the Avengers, he made Cannonball and Sunspot, two of the major players of that, because he loves writing Roberto da Costa, and Roberto da Costa is fucking charming as hell. Uh, i 'm going to give you a quick spoiler to sell you on the series. In, the series has the two different storylines going through it. One is the the mutants." DeCosta so, convinces everybody to go into space with him. Um, so he can go fi- to the Shiar Empire and uh, get Cannonball to come back to Earth so he can hang out with his best friend. That is the whole point of that one storyline. And the other storyline is some other mutants are trying to get some mutants to come back to Krakoa. They vary from issue to issue, and every issue Costas is in, he does a recap of what they missed from last issue, but it's all told from his egocentric point of view. <laughs> and, and in issue seven, he does a recap of what happened last issue, but last issue had nothing to do with them. And I'm reading it going, I don't remember any of this happening. I just read the whole series. Was, did did they have this in another book or something? And uh, Mirage comes out and is like, or Danny Moonstar, Danny's like, uh, hey, you're recapping an issue that we didn't actually do like it was a good recap and everything, but last issue were the other New Mutants um, in Nebraska, and he's like, "There's another group calling themselves the New Mutants. Wait, they get an issue of my comic book? This is bullshit." <laughs> Plus, he also it also reflects fondly of the Starjammers because they are space pirates, and as uh, and they are just bastards. Like, they are true space pirates. This is the best version of the Star Jammers I've ever seen because they don't give a shit about anybody but themselves. Highly recommend the New Mutants. I am going to go pick up all the back issues. Fucking Jonathan Hickman. Wait, wait. A
1: minute. The, the Star Jammers were space pirates? I thought they were like the ultimate deadbeat dads. Yeah. Space pirates.
3: They, I mean, I space, pirates. Yeah, space
1: pirates, I said it. space pirates. I thought they went into space so that they could avoid child support. Yeah. Dude, why? <laughs> yeah, space pirates. Yeah.
3: That's all space pirates are, our deadbeat dads trying yeah, to that's avoid. Yeah, I'm here
1: from
0: my home planet. I don't know what the rest of you are
3: doing here. <laughs> hey,
4: man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob type pictures. And you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. Hey, Tommy, do you have something equally as entertaining in the back of the long box? I do not.
1: Uh, so I have Star Wars... <laughs> I like the honesty.
2: He's like, man.
1: I have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple uh, from 2019. Uh, and it's an okay comic. But unfortunately, it does not rise to the level of some of the other Star Wars comics. But it's an okay comic. It's not bad. But I don't understand why Marvel did this because Marvel fucked us again.
3: As but they do. Marvel,
1: Marvel, which has produced some very fantastic Star Wars comics, they produced this one. And for some reason, uh, it's, it's a story that still takes place during the Republic they send a Jedi and his Padawan out to this planet that is just joining the Republic. And on the planet are a group of people that don't want to join the Republic and a p- group that does. And the group that doesn't want to join the Republic is guarding this temple that has just been found, but has been known by these people for all, for ages, and they've been guarding this temple forever. And the Jedi want to examine the temple. Nobody knows what the temple is about. There's also a corporation that wants to do an archaeological dig on the temple and find out what it's about. And the the group that's the group of primitives that are guarding the temple don't want anybody really to to go and mess with this temple. They don't know anything about the temple, supposedly, but they have been guarding it for centuries. And it's the story of all of these people kind of messing with these primitives and forcing their way in. And it's not a Jedi temple. It's not a Sith temple. It's like somebody else's temple. And it's got a hidden cache of all these advanced weapons, which the primitives take to defend everything. And they end up destroying their land, destroying this temple. And it's just, in my opinion, not one of the better star Wars books, but it's an okay star Wars book. If you'd like star Wars. Um, so,
3: that's disappointing because it, Matthew Rosenbaum, Rosenberg who's a friend of the podcast a super nice guy uh, yep. wrote that and he I remember uh, on Twitter he was super excited that he finally got to write Star Wars
1: you know it it just it could have been a little bit better but it's like why do you need to create something beyond what's in the Star Wars mythos like why do we need to create temples that aren't Sith or Jedi and that are like totally unknown and yet you don't really go into what they are? Because at the end of this, you still don't know what it is.
2: But it leaves room. It leaves room for yeah. expansion of the universe. Do you, you know why that is, though? It's a prequel to the video game. It's a prequel to the Jedi Fallen Order video game.
1: Okay.
3: So, oh, so, dropping knowledge really
2: on us. <laughs>
3: What's the uh, video game like?
2: It's, um, I, I have not played all the way through it. I, I watched my husband play it. Um, I still want to go back through it, but I watched most of the story mode. It's neat. I, I will say I, the, there was a particularly frustrating part at the beginning, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a good Star Wars game. I, it's not my go-to Star Wars game. I'm typically a Battlefront two player, um just cuz i like to drop in and just do like you know online matches but if and but i and and the story mode for Battlefront 2 was a more compelling story for me but i am intrigued by the main character in the game uh, a guy named Cal Kestis and uh the padawan in that comic actually shows up in the game so and she's
1: see. probably one of the better characters in the book she
2: is she's a very but, interesting character but
1: let me ask you this Stacy how many comic books have you read that have been associated with video games that have been great?
2: Oh, not many, if any. <laughs>
1: and that and that itself explains why this is not a great comic book.
3: <laughs> so, so Stacy, more importantly, are there action figures for the Jedi Fallen Order? Uh
2: they did make um Yeah, there's at least two. There's uh, Cal Kestis, the main character, and then um, one of the villains, okay. and probably a trooper, or at least one trooper. Yeah.
3: Boom. Well, How, of, how's that for a segue, Tom? I stole I guess, your well, thunder.
4: Speaking of toys, <laughs> Mike, you gave me the perfect uh,
2: intro to say, "Take Stacy, show us a toy." Yeah. Yeah. What's really what do you got in your toy something. chest? <laughs> I'm really excited about this one. So um, I think I've brought uh, at least one Masters of the Universe Origins figure to the show. Um, So they've also done a companion line that is uh, mashing Masters of the Universe with the WWE. Uh, It's called Masters of the WWE Universe. I've
4: Uh, seen some
2: of these advertised. Yeah. And so... Uh, I am proud to show off the first female figure that has come out. It is Becky Lynch uh, as kind of a Tila-type character. Yeah. Uh, her shield says the man. Well, she is uh, the man. She is the man. Uh, she's got Tila's uh, snake snake staff. Um, they all come with mini-comics that are kind of their origin story for oh, how Tila,
4: they— Tila. Tila had a snake staff? I thought Evil Lynn had a snake
2: staff. No, Tila, has a no, Tila staff. had a snake staff. Tila had a snake staff. Because it's part of her heritage. Tila, all right. I
4: can yeah. mix
2: up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, no, Evelyn Lynn had like a, a staff with a ball on
4: top of it. Staff of the ball with a claw, probably. Yes. It's the second thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you do um, so, get that. Right. So in the mini comic, um, they talk about. Like, and there's just these little like two page mini comics but in in Becky Lynch's uh it talks about a prophecy that a man would come and uh defeat all of the other characters <laughs> and, and it says she's the man. The, but the prophecy was wrong it wasn't a man, it was the man, and the last panel is just Becky Lynch on a pile of all of the other masters of the w w e universe characters uh to, and she's defeated all. So, yeah. Super so for
4: those not in on the inside joke there, Becky Lynch took the moniker The Man uh, due to a botched uh, TV spot uh, where uh, she was kind of mocking Ric Flair's. If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And she actually said if you want to beat the man, well I'm the man! And uh, her boyfriend at the time, Seth Rollins, was standing right next to her. He kind of gave her this horrified look. But man, it stuck and she ran with it and now she just like gets in the ring and says who's the man and the fucking place loses their shit.
2: Exactly because <laughs> she's the man. Yeah, so they're uh, they're they're coming out with another female figure either in the next wave or two waves from now, and it's uh, Stephanie McMahon as evil in. So, <laughs> so that's to be interesting.
3: I do have a question. Please tell me Bobby <laughs> he- Heenan is going to be cringer. <laughs>
4: That's the problem, oh, Mikey. No Once again, too smart for the room, buddy. <laughs> As always. <laughs> too smart for the room. Uh, Kane could be Orko because he never shows his face.
2: Yeah, they haven't done an Orko yet. <laughs> All they gotta do, Kane.
0: <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, that's a bit of a tangent. Speaking of which, Tom, Mike, I'm about me, I'm, I'm talking
0: Josh, you a tangent for us? Uh, yeah, so I was thinking earlier, somebody mentioned Modoc, and if folks uh, haven't seen the preview for the new upcoming Modoc uh, TV show, it's another stop motion animation, aka Robot Chicken sort of style, uh, with uh, written by Pat Oswald, starring Pat Oswald as Modoc. Uh, it looks fucking hilarious, and I hope it's great. Um, but. Uh, of the uh, sort of characters that have sort of swirled through the universe, maybe some of them have been passed by, if you had to pitch a real tertiary character as, a, as a, either a cartoon or one of the upcoming Marvel shows, who do you pick and why? Does well, it have to be Marvel? It doesn't have to be. You can do anything you
3: want. See, uh, I would, my, instantly, my mind goes to Stiltman but you said tertiary and he's a major player <laughs> in the marvel universe so i i got to th- i got to think about this
1: yeah
0: okay yeah put some time and thought into that i know i know who i'm
1: picking cosmonat <laughs> 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 you don't get much more tertiary and and he's just made for the big screen <laughs> I can see that. I
0: can see that show. Mike, I have to say, on the uh, on the stilt front, did you see Max Dunbar when he did the uh, the new Batmobile? And I harangued him, and he's like, oh, yeah, this thing is full of stilts. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, they are.
3: <laughs> yeah, I would like – I actually – I would say a stilt man comic – where in the fur or in cartoon, where in the first issue, he gets captured and they take his costume away, and the rest of the series is him about trying to break into the evidence locker to steal his stilt man costume, but it's on the second floor, and he can't figure out how to get to it.
4: Has yeah, it really worked upstairs?
3: Yeah. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. He doesn't. He, can't, he doesn't do stairs.
0: He never had to. I would watch that show.
3: Yeah, he's, a, he's
4: like standing in front of an elevator, just sweating. He's
3: afraid of heights, right? And I'm they're like, "But house. you, you can grow with the stilts." He's like, "Yeah, but I'm still on the ground. Like, you, I'm not, I'm not afraid of falling afraid to of six feet because I'm standing.
4: Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not afraid of falling off my shoes, idiot." Yeah.
2: <laughs> makes sense.
4: <laughs> Morons. <laughs> I would totally watch that too. <laughs> I would too. That's great. Um, of course, my first thought was, of course, Batroc the Leaper uh, just as a low-level uh, crime guy, but I think more interesting than that would just be uh, Arcade as the office and him just trying to get different murder worlds built. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mostly budgetary concerns? Just mostly budgetary concerns.
4: Like, um, uh, you know, How did the Avengers find me last time? Well, you ordered 600 shirts that said Arcade and uh, the company ratted you out. The company ratted me out. Yeah, yeah, you're a super villain, and there's a price on your head. You gotta stop ordering from Acme, man.
0: I ordered <laughs> six giant arcade balls. Uh, I'm sorry, there's an aluminum shortage in the U.S. So Three?
4: <laughs> three? Two. Get two. two. You can't do multi-ball. Two isn't multi-ball.
0: That's two-ball. Yeah, you yeah. gotta have three in the pipe, and then what are the what? Are, I don't
3: even. I would, and I would love to see the meeting that he has with the sales team because you know he's he's the engineer, right? He's designing the shit, and he's like, "What do you mean I got to design a murder world filled with crocodiles?" Crocodiles Oh, you know the, the, the the dudes in Texas. What that doesn't
4: make any sense. There's no crocodiles in Texas. All right, here's my pitch, and it's murder world. It's a western. We don't do westerns. What do you mean? It's fucking Texas. It's Austin, Texas. All right. There's five guys on unicycles with bagpipes with flames. Love it. Love it. Keep going. (laughs) Fucking swirly. Yeah, this thing sells itself. How about you, Stacey? You got one?
2: Yeah, so um, after... uh, Just... Totally writing the the high from Next Wave and seeing uh, some of my favorite monsters like Fin Fang Foom and Devil Dinosaur. I would do an anthology series on uh, based on the old Where Monsters Dwell comic. So every week you have like a crazy monster based on Jack Kirby art. I mean, how, how awesome would that be?
3: I know the perfect um, guy to write that.
2: I know. I was about to say, who would be perfect for that? Tony. Tony would be your fucking
4: script guy in a heartbeat. He would love that. Pitch it to him.
3: Tony Tony Isabella, the creator of Black Lightning, has a panel where he goes over comic book monsters. He had 100 slides.
4: You would think he couldn't get through 100 slides in 30 minutes.
0: But he does. He
3: He does.
4: does. does. Wow. Yeah. And he just says, like, a little fact about each one. He's
0: just like, bam, go. Do it. Good. next. Every fact was good. Yeah. <laughs> Reptilicus couldn't tie his own shoes. Next. <laughs> I just kept
4: going. Nice. And some of them, they did. He put them together. Like, if you take a look at this cover and this cover, you can see they're an exact same officer. One's blue, one is red. Lazy fucker. That's what I say.
3: Moving on. <laughs> Craig the destroyer should have been a space pirate. Never paid alimony. Next. Oh, well,
4: next. <laughs> It really was, and it was hilarious, and the best part was, he had no idea why that fucking presentation was so goddamn hilarious. No clue. But we were laughing our balls off, trying to keep up with him going next, because we were his AV team.
0: I want a show with Cypher and Warlock where they MST3K as silhouettes in front of the MCU, and all they do is make up Easter eggs that aren't real.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: I want to see somebody <laughs> no, do that. You need
4: do one that. more character, and it's got to be Lockjaw just, just barking. <laughs> like, whenever there's a cat or anything else, Lockjaw loses his mind.
3: And that would be That's easy because right. the silhouette is just a, a, a dog Bulldog with a, with a
4: little, yeah. The two tuning fork over there, two yeah. Four, yeah. <laughs> you gotta have there, and whenever there's any animal, log jaw just, just moves. The they just and and every once in a while, like, he'll yeah. disappear, and he'll be on the screen for a second. <laughs> 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 and then it'll pop back. Brilliant. Good ad. Thank Good you. Ad. That's, I'd watch that. I'd watch the yeah. shit out of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they can they can do the old cartoons, the old Marvel cartoons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: anything, yeah, and they just make up Easter eggs that have no no relevance whatsoever. They <laughs> could possibly be a real Easter And a
4: couple out. that are true too, because you can go back and you do the first Spider-Man pointing meme. <laughs> uh, a little fun, little known fact. This is the first time Spider-Man points at himself. You. Yeah, you. Me? Uh, that's a good one. Once again, though, too smart for the room, but that's a great one.
1: And he could do the Inhumans TV show and be like, um, let's just skip this. So, <laughs> no, no, fun, bad. Watch watch this whole thing. Yeah.
3: Kevin Feige, Kevin I know you're... Kevin Feige, I know you're out there, and I know you're not listening, but we have, we can keep Disney Plus going. You just throw it our way.
4: Didn't what's his name get, like, an in insane shape for that, and no one watched it? The comic?
3: You played a character? Wow. No, you're talking about the movie The Eternals, which hasn't come out. Oh, yet.
4: The Eternals. When is that coming out? That looks great. Uh,
0: the Eternals is late summer. All right, all right. Uh, you might actually be able to see that in theater, know. guys.
1: Remember those things? They don't exist anymore.
0: The Eternals. Shut up. Oh, sorry. The Eternals is slated for November. Next, all right, November. No, no. um, there's Shang Chi: great... The Legend of Ten Rings comes out before the Eternals, slated for July.
3: All right, yeah, I'm gonna go see that. uh, that's not going to happen. They're... Shut up. Black Widow still has to come out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they have a release yeah. date. They um, just
3: they haven't moved Shang Chi back yet. That's the. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's true. Shang Chi's not going to get the love it deserves. Sure. <clears throat> um, I want to see it. I, you know me. I love Shang Chi. Nah, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not just worried it's not going to get the love it. I think. You know, I hope it deserves. Hope it deserves. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that everybody? Everyone? Put their pitch out there.
1: I wonder if Jacko Hurts is going to be in that.
4: Yeah, go you blow yourself. yourself. Uh, by the <laughs> way, if we have to stop and do one, I love mine, but I'm going to go with Josh's. <laughs> if we're shark taking this shit. <laughs> Did anyone not pitch one? All right, good. I have a real quick 3 to 18. 18 being eternity. Zero being almost no time at all. Cat sits on your lap. 3 to 18. How long do you let it sit there before you... If, if you want to get up, how long do you let it sit there?
3: Uh, is it purring?
4: It's purring. It's
0: comfortable. It's uh, purring. Whose cat is it? It's your cat, buddy. I don't have a cat. I, I, I don't yield to the a, cat.
4: There's a cute little kitty that came out of nowhere. It crawls into
0: your little lap. When it goes on my shoulder with me to the bathroom, I don't I don't yield to cats.
4: Okay. Josh, you're, you're one. That's fine. No time whatsoever. Right. That's that's oh, three, you're right,
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a fifteen.
4: Yeah. I'll fall asleep in that fucker. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like in the twelve and fifteen range, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is like I'll fucking go to sleep there if I have to.
3: <laughs> I was actually just telling my wife I need a recliner because when the cat crawls up and onto my chest to sleep, I'm like, Yeah, if this was a crew recliner, we'd be here all night, buddy.
0: I'm often asleep on that recliner in the morning. I love that recliner. I mean, I'm just saying, I texted the, the, the group tonight saying I might be late because my dog was on my lap on the couch, but that's different. <laughs>
4: that is not different. I should have added the caveat. <laughs> my mistake. Your dog's... There's only his big fucking face, though.
0: No, no. Dodger, when he gets, he gets cuddly, he's all on there. 80 pounds of dog in my lap. It's not that I didn't want to get up. It's that I
1: couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, you have no pets. I've been dogged and I can't get up.
4: Have you had a pet since Archie? Abner. Abner, sorry.
1: Uh, No. Wow, you cold, heartless bastard. Um, (laughs) So what do you got, man? Uh, I'm probably going to go with a four if it's a cat. All
4: right. Because you're going to die of
1: allergies anyways. Uh, my wife. My, Will. wife.
0: my wife.
1: My wife. I don't have allergies to cats. My wife does. All right. So you want a cat? No.
4: Oh, get one of those hairless ones. Creepy and cool. No. Egyptian, no hair cat? Come on. Stacy, what do you got?
2: All right. If it's purring, a 15. If right. it's asleep, 18. I'm a skeleton before I get up. Yeah, okay. I'm a skeleton. If it's asleep, any animal that falls asleep on me, I will die before I get up.
4: I can't quite go that far, because if I really have to pee, I'm not going to piss myself. I'm not. I'll, 15 is I'll fall asleep here if I have to. But I'm not going to pee myself. So 15 for me pretty solid. When are you going to stop
1: lying to yourself, Tom?
4: I like to pee on myself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But
2: only a little.
3: Yeah, but he's not doing it for a cat. He's doing it for himself. He's doing
2: that for me? He's doing it
3: for himself. Hey, did you not hear? It's his birthday tomorrow.
0: <laughs> the so big he's thinking five, your birthday four. is the sixth. Why can't I? My brain is like hardwired to think your birthday is on the sixth.
1: I probably
4: told you it was on the sixth for a while. Maybe. I had no idea. Yeah. My my mom lied to me about my birthday for uh, until I was like fourteen.
0: Was the lie the sixth? No, the
4: lie was the first. She always told me my birthday was on the first because that was my cousin Chad's birthday. And they would they would combine the birthdays.
0: Uh, so they only had to buy one One day cage. apart, they couldn't rationalize that as adults to so make your birthday on the party on the nope. They had the, they they always day. said both were on the first. And uh, we had the same
4: birthday and they lied okay. to us and the, the party be. And then later on, when I finally got my social security card, I'm like, Mom, I got send this back to Troy. He goes, oh, no, I never told you. And she was up by a year or two, which is really vexing. <laughs> Older <laughs>
2: you. or younger?
4: I was younger than I thought I was.
2: Oh, which so is probably like.
4: Probably like, yeah, I gained a year. That was pretty good.
2: Yeah.
0: Huh?
4: Yeah. That feels good. This guy got that in the bank. <laughs> that and enlightenment on my deathbed. Two things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess that brings us to plugs. What do we got, guys?
3: Well, I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at at dot I need another drink. Whew. Dave,
4: right you do, yeah. Tommy. Sweet, sweet Tommy. What do you got?
1: I'd like to thank uh, geekorthodox.com. 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 dot com. dot com.
2: dot com.
0: Hello, timmy
1: Geekorthodox.com dot com, purveyor of fine. Geeky things such as stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, socks, baseball shirts, baseball hats. You name it, they got it.
4: Well, I'd like to uh, uh, plug Pensacon. Pensacon looks like it's going to be actually uh, going down. Some of us are going to it. I believe, Mike, have you uh, locked that in yet?
3: I have not. But if you say it's going to happen, I I will uh, reserve us our hotel room.
4: I'm going to go. And uh, we had some good uh, people going down there, including, um, well, we'll save that for next week. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, next week when we see it come a little bit closer. But Petscan in Pensacola, Florida, always a good time. And uh, the guy who runs it is uh, terrific. And we always have a terrific time down there. And if nothing else, it'll be a chance to see my friends.
3: Well, I would like to thank Hijinx Comics, the oldest comic book store in the San Jose area since 1984. I went in there this weekend, and I picked up five uh, back issues of the Justice League that I needed for my collection. I was super excited about that. And they found what my wife is going to get me for my birthday. Hey, what is that, Mikey? Uncanny X-Men number two.
4: Ooh. Wow. How much is your wife Jeez. spending on
3: that? My wife is spending less than, than 300. Less than $300. All right. All right. <laughs> More uh, than I, she thought. You are correct, Josh. <laughs> uh,
4: I I tracing myself to a uh Tracy Walters uh uh signed autograph. Tracy Walters was of course Malik the thief from the Corner of the Destroyer. Uh that is my birthday present to myself. I spent it was listed as $168. I got them down to $44.44, uh, which I'm very proud of. And I told them, hey, this is my lucky number. I'm not going below it, and I'm just going to keep looking until I find one. So you can sell it or not sell it to me. They almost spit on it, but okay. <laughs> like, fine. fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> not paying extra for that spit, just so you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not extra. Not extra. Any last I would, Yeah, I would like to uh, plug, as I usually do, theretronetwork.com. Uh, lovingly known on this podcast is the podcast and website i cheat on these guys with. Um, this week we're recording a Bracket Madness, uh, in honor of March Madness, we're going to talk about the best 80s videos. uh, And the Wizards Comics podcast that I talked about last time uh, should be dropping this week as well, where I talk with the guys about Beavis and Butthead comics and uh, reveal a little bit about my love of Mike (laughs) Allred.
4: All right, let me just say this, uh, that podcast is over as soon as someone mentions Video killed the radio star by the boogaloos. Boogaloos. Bugaloos. Buggles. Buggles. Thank you very much. (laughs) And uh, game over after that. And let me just plug real quick uh, our Patreon page. Uh, We do have an extra podcast every single week. It only costs $1 a month. Buck a month. Buck a month. And that dollar a month actually goes straight to the Elizabeth Peabody Food Bank. Uh, They feed over 200 families every single week. And uh, they just got a huge score of forty dollar gift cards, two hundred forty dollar gift cards that we can also give out to families uh, to help them buy all the little things they cannot get. Uh, and your money kind of helped go to getting that uh, that uh, done for us. So we really do thank you. We bought a new freezer down there, and a new fridge, and um, it's a worthy cause, and it's only a dollar a month uh, for the most basic package, and you do get an extra podcast. Every single single week. And that's the long box guys on Patreon. And also take a look for us on our Twitter page, which is the long box guys on Twitter. And uh, we talk about stupid stuff and post links and uh, sometimes talk about, uh, you know, golfers breaking their legs that came up this week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that was the number one story. Uh, that, that should never be the lead on national news. It should be in there. I like Tiger Woods. He's a a good human being, uh, uh, a nice fella, and he deserves a good life. Uh, But COVID is still killing uh, a lot of people every single day. And uh, I think that takes precedence over a rollover at a golf course. Just saying. Mikey, what's this podcast like to you?
3: (laughs) It's like uh, the Duran Duran Wild Boys video, the most 80s video you can (laughs) Possibly come up with.
4: Oh, not Rock to Drop in the Hot City by Rick Springfield. That's not more 80s.
3: I'm sorry. This is, it's uh, Mad Max meets Duran Duran. Uh, I the, know.
4: So is Rock to You Drop in the Hot City by Rick Springfield, except it's low budget. <laughs> Duran Duran had a couple bucks to spend on this thing. Recently. Oh, yeah.
3: They easily spent a million dollars on this video. Like they've got, they, they probably did. They've got chest bursters, but instead of coming out of people's chests, it's just coming out of the water because it's gigantic.
4: Yeah, and uh, they made a, a murder dome. Now, I've made a murder dome, but I've made it on fly. fly. Yeah. I mean, this so, thing was nice.
3: They obviously <laughs> used arcade. Yeah.
4: They did not skip on their murder dome.
3: They did not. Like, we got a
4: professional wrestling company. Our murder dome is nowhere near
3: that place. I, I can't wait to listen to you on your other podcast so you can defend Wild Boys for me.
4: Wild <laughs> Boys. Oh, well, last thing to plug, uh, this weekend coming up is, uh, oh, uh, it'll probably go by by now, AEW's pay-per-view is coming up this weekend, and for the first time in the United States ever, they're going to have a barbed wire, electrified barbed wire landmine death match. Never before done in the United States.
2: Probably Why? the first and last time.
3: Why?
4: <laughs> Why not? Have you ever watched an electrified barbed wire landmine deathmatch? Awesome.
3: As a matter of fact, I have. And, I know you have. <laughs> and they used really bad special effects because <laughs> they couldn't get the clearance to have explosives, so they kind of put them in post-production and it was horrible. Um
4: uh, my favorite deathmatch match of that kind. There was one that New Japan did, where they had the match uh, in the middle of this giant pool, right? All the matches were in the pool, but for the last match, they filled the pool with piranha and then electrified the water. So if you went in the water, you were electrocuted.
3: Wouldn't that kill the piranha? See, no. that
4: was my thing. It was it would have been super funny if all the piranha floated to the top as soon as the match started, but they didn't think of that. <laughs>
3: Wild Boys Wild Boys Wild (laughs) Boys (laughs) I'm sorry, I forgot to
0: ask
4: uh, uh, Josh, uh, the Murder Dome is that your sector? Uh,
0: Yeah, uh, according to Master Blaster but uh, I only see him on Zoom these days How is he? He's he's okay
4: Good, good, good Just making sure You know, it's been hard on everybody Tommy, Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy, how's uh,
1: what's this podcast like to you. Uh, well, it's kind of like uh, I got my shot. If you have the opportunity to get your shot, you should take your shot.
4: <laughs> Cause you're not gonna waste your shot. Don't waste your shot, man. Uh-oh. Don't waste my not shot. Not in your shot? Where was the forest? There, my good friend says.
2: Oh, yeah. Just do something cool this week that you haven't done in a long time like listen to a record you haven't listened to in a while uh, read a comic that made you happy I don't know just branch out there guys
4: <laughs> I highly recommend I'm drunk and I don't want to go home just dropped this week Ellie King and uh, Mariah Lambert terrific song i gonna go listen to it now and don't forget what I always say tone just what you hate just promote what you love you live a lot longer So long for all of us here at The Lockbox, guys.
0: Love you. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.